I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, this is The Big Douglas Show. Rapper Big Pooh is in the co-host chair, and our guest today from NBA TV, NBC Sports Washington, Chris Miles joins us. Chris, thanks for giving us some time today. Yeah, man, I love that hat, Big Pooh, you know, representing from <laughs> my man K-Dot, Killer Walker, man, the Charlotte Hornets hat, man, I'm feeling that. Nice, nice, nice. I was, I was thinking about this before we got started today. Um, COVID and the pandemic giving us a couple things to try. I was I had gotten a paint set. I had decided to start painting during the shutdown. I did none of that. Who I was thinking you got a bike. I don't think you did any of that, did you? Did you end up biking much? I did. I, I biked for maybe three months. Okay. And uh I biked through the summer and then I dehydrated myself and, and I put the bike down. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, I'm about to pick that, it back up though. <laughs> I say that to ask Chris. Did you have anything that you decided you'd start during the pandemic and either completed it or decided that wasn't what I thought it was going to be? Actually, that's a great question, because for me, I always I started out in college wanting to be a play by play person. And then the avenue that I've been in for the last like 18 years took off as as a host. So during, um, you know, COVID and quarantine, I started working with my agent doing play by play work. Uh, you know, calling games that were already played and working on that skill set. So I think that came along nicely, man. So I didn't give up on it. Um, and I'd actually done a few play-by-play opportunities with the NBA for like junior NBA and all-star and that sort of thing. So I think that's been the biggest thing that, uh, that I worked on during COVID. Man, I tried to lose, I tried to lose weight, you know, but without basketball, I'm not playing pickup with people. I'm like, it didn't work out the way I wanted it to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that the losing weight journey through during COVID is is a, was a tough one for everybody. <laughs> they for say everybody. that COVID nineteen is adding nineteen pounds. I didn't do that though, you know. <laughs> um, Chris, what, I'm interested. I'm I'm always interested in guys that go into um play by play or you know hosting for sports, different sports. Like what what got you into that? Most people dream is to play the actual sport, but what got you into to hosting and wanting to do play-by-play? Oh, man. I mean, so my high school team were number one in the country, right? And I was the last guy on the team. And you know how people have hoop dreams and they think they're the best player? I would go places and dominate. But every time I came back to the hood and I was around all my friends, I'm like, oh, that's what an NBA player looks like. Mm. Oh, that's what a McDonald. So I knew by like the time I was 15 or 16 that I was good, but I wasn't an NBA player. And I think once I came to that reality and I'm around guys that had all the tools to be it, I'm kind of like, okay, what, what lane can I run in? And so um, I didn't necessarily choose broadcasting as a lane. I wanted to be involved in the business of basketball. So I interned in the World Trade Center, inter- interned at the NBA, at a public relations firm. I was trying to figure it out. And when I got an internship at ESPN, you know, again, I was trying to be on the business side and I kept meeting the anchors, man. And them dudes were happy, <laughs> you know, uh, props to my man, Stan Verrett, props to the homie, Kevin Frazier and all those guys, you know, they were, they were telling me uh, how to make it in the business. And I'm like, oh, this is what I want to do. I want to be a happy person. And I, always, and I also want to get some bread, man. So that's how I got into it. Nice. Chris, it, it feels like the, uh, 
hate to say younger generation, but I think that's what it is of, of guys getting into the business are allowed to be themselves more authentically than it feels like guys getting into the business 20 years ago where they kind of wanted you to put the shirt and tie on and fit into a box. It, it feels different now. Do you, do you see it that way? Yeah. And I don't know, put it like this. And I feel as a journalist, it rubs me the wrong way a little bit in this sense. It's not about me. It's about what, you know, Isaiah Thomas thinks. It's about what Shaq thinks. It's about what Barkley thinks. It's about what Steve Smith thinks. It's about what Sam Mitchell thinks. And a lot of times, like, it's a, it's a right to be you. It's a right to have your own opinion. But I kind of look at it like, I don't care what the, like, with, with someone who didn't play what they think. And I see that a lot more. And I'm like, yeah, you can't beat an NBA player in a three-point shootout. So why are you talking trash to an NBA player? It's like they don't respect the game. So I, I do have a little bit of an issue with it, but I'm not the get-off-my-lawn guy. It's just not the lane I'm going to run in. Because, hmm, it, say, for instance, I beat Victor Oladipo in a game of horse, right? And we put it on TV, ha-ha. But in the middle of it, he was like, yo, I'm going to start dunking. I'm going to beat you like that. I'm like, yeah, you know I can't dunk. So there's parameters and there's a respect for the game that I just think that uh, if the younger people coming in are themselves, but they still respect the game, I think that's the, that's the way to do it. But some of these dudes be reckless, man, out here talking sideways to people that I think they deserve a little bit more respect than that. Can you briefly uh, give a, a, a just an overview of what preparation is like as you go into a show, I know a lot of people, they look and they, oh, that's easy. I can do that. Just like they probably talk about the NBA players, but it's truly a talent and a skill with guys such as yourself, you know, possessed to do this. Can you just give an overview of your like preparation? Um, you're familiar with Jay-Z's lyrical exercise, right? Absolutely. That's it. Meaning, um, it's not like, oh, I'm going to study this right now and, and say this to you. It's that I'm always studying it. Like when I was younger, I was a rapper and I, that's what I was going to be. And I carried my composition book and, you know, the small on my back and I pull it out whenever I had a bar and I write a song every day. Well, now, oh, what's this stat? Let me look at it. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to commit it to memory because what happens is when, you know, I was live when the players boycotted. Let's say I didn't prepare in that way. I wouldn't have been ready for that because it's three hours of where are we going next? There's no teleprompter. There's no person telling you what you're going to do next. It's just, Hey, we got Isaiah Thomas on the phone. Talk. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's just always, you got to be it all the way. That's my man, SP, my, one of my favorite rappers always got to be it all the way. And that's what I would tell someone, man, you can't just be halfway doing it or trying to do it because you want to be famous. You got to be it all the way. What are the major differences? You know, I know that you have done TV and radio. What's the big difference? I mean, other than having your face on a camera, what do you think the major differences are between radio and television? You know, um, it's like the difference between a Nas record and like a guy freestyling. Like radio is, okay, here's a topic, freestyle. Uh, being on TV, a lot of times, and not every job is like this and it's changing, but when you see a host and they're like, you know, going from story to story, you want to be more like Nas. You want the composition to be together and you want to put it a certain way so that it comes out as a masterpiece. 
Whereas for me, when I'm on the radio, you can't do that. And anything's going to happen. People are going to call in and you have to be sharp. You know, you have to be able to, to go in there and whenever they say something, be able to flip that off and have your stats and stuff be ready. So that's how I would describe the difference. One is more like, you know, a Nas song where everything's like, or a Kendrick song, everything's layered. And the other is just like a freestyle. And do you have the skills for that? Chris, I'm interested in your thoughts on teams, the way teams are building these days. Uh, you know, we've seen James Harden go to Brooklyn, team up with Kyrie and KD. Uh, obviously, we've seen it in the past with LeBron and, and, and some of his teams. What is your take on players getting together to team up to form these quote-unquote super teams as opposed to saying, "Now nah, I want to have my own team and beat you head up? There's, there's two ways to look at it. Props to LeBron, right? Because not because of him putting a team together in Miami, but after he did it, everybody's trying to put together the Avengers to beat him. So I think in, in the future, we're going to understand the kind of respect that LeBron commanded during this time period. I don't know if everybody puts that together now, if they just want to hate on him. No, he's not Mike. But yeah, Mike didn't have to deal with Steph, Clay, KD coming together just to beat him after he won one. You know what I'm saying? So I like the empowerment of the players to be able to do this and to be able to make as much money as they do. I like it when those teams come together and someone stands up to them, right? And someone beats them. So with the Nets coming together, getting Blake and LaMarcus Aldridge and a buyout, I'm rooting against them. And it has nothing to do with James Harden, has nothing to do with Kyrie. And, you know, I, I love KD. He's a DMV guy. And, you know, his pops is a cool, good. Shout out to Wayne Pratt. Um, but man, I, I just, when they come together like that, I just root against them. Like, I'm like, yo, Doc Rivers in Philly, I'm rooting for you this year. Giannis, I hope you break through. Um, and that's just the truth of how I feel. You mentioned the Nets. Is, is it just me or did James Harden and Kyrie Irving become more lovable this season? Like, is the new version of them nicer? I mean, Harden, I feel like, has gotten rejuvenated since he's left Houston for Brooklyn. I mean, that's people's perspective. When it was Harden, Russ, and KD and OKC, as a former point guard, I loved Harden in that time period, man. That man was dropping dimes, you know, putting his scoring on the back burner. And I don't like the dribble, 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 dribble version, right? But he's changed to fit in with his teammates. And I think he's an underrated passer from this era. The other thing, I'll give you a small story. And I don't think I'm, I'm shedding too, too much light on other people on this. But I was in a room where, you know, a lot of players were in there and everybody's chilling and James Harden sees Candace Parker and he goes, I'm proud of you. You know what I'm saying? Like people don't get to see that side of him. That was out of nowhere. He didn't have to walk up to her, move past people and be like, yo, I'm proud of you and kept it moving. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, yo, if people knew that this guy was like that, they wouldn't hate on him. Chris, I'm interested in your take on Westbrook. Uh, I, I saw an article the other day where they said he's probably he's probably the one guy putting up historic numbers, but it's worse for his team. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on just him as a player? Not necessarily, you know, not going to get into him personally, you know, not going to get out Stephen A on, but what are your thoughts on him as just as a player uh, currently? You know, first of all, Stephen A was sus for that, um, first and foremost. Second, it's like I was saying to you as a man first. I've been in a room with Russell Westbrook, who's 6'4 and built like Sean Taylor, okay? 
So what do I what do I look like coming off sideways out? Like, come on, man, that's whack. Like, so what I would say is this: Who works harder than him? If you work that hard at your job, this dude had a 20-20-20 game. Now, is he a turnover machine? Yes, that's because he's it all the way. You're never going to get a halfway Russell Westbrook. It's going to be a thousand percent. He's going to work on his body. He's going to drink water. And the Russell Westbrook story I'll give you is this, right? You know, a lot of players show up to things to just get a picture. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm going to show up to this event, be here for five minutes. They're going to see me here. I'm here with the kids. I'm out. Not going to say any names. I see it all the time. Russell Westbrook showed up to a junior NBA girls basketball, like seventh, eighth grade game. That was awful. And he was supposed to be like the five minute celebrity coach for the girls. You know what I mean? Other players came for the other teams and left within five minutes, like half a quarter. He was there before the start of the game, which was not something he needed to do. He was bigging up the team that was down by 22. They made a run. He was there at the end of the fourth quarter, high-fiving them after they lost. And when I saw him later, he, he remembered seeing me there. He was like pointing to me like, yeah, I see you, bro. And that was it. And I'm like, man, I don't know another player that would do that. I really don't. And that's not a knock on any other guy in the league. So it's hard for me to be critical of him. But if I ask the question like, yo, the five turnovers per game, his turnovers in his career, like how detrimental has that been? That's me doing my job. But on the flip side of that, man, I don't know if we've ever seen someone that certified in this league. I'll just say it in that way. Yeah, I love that. Uh, the other day, the 90, I got to, I've aged myself as a man that graduated high school in 95. That 96 draft class was incredible. NBA TV has put it out. It's got to be the best, right? I mean, are we really arguing that? Yeah, I, I think we argue that in four, there are four draft classes that are equal to me. Um, the 1960 draft class, which no one talks about because like none of us were born, but Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, Lenny Wilkins, come on, man. They need to be in that discussion. The 84 draft class, when you just say Michael Jordan, right? <laughs> and then Hakeem Olajuwon, who's a top 10 player for me, Charles Barkley, I mean, I'm biased. And John Stockton, you know, retired as the all-time assist in steals leader. Like those guys were in that class. But the 96 draft class, I think for us in this era, they meant so much to us. And I think that's a big part of it. I mean, you look at the... I think they had nine champions, four Hall of Famers, four MVPs, 11 different All-Stars. That's historic. But I, and I think the 03 draft class as well, though I put the 03 draft class beneath those other three, but in the conversation. Yeah, I think the 96 draft class, the mother draft classes were, were magnificent, but they were more top heavy. Whereas the 96 class up and down that first round, you found all-stars, all the famous. Yeah, I mean, uh, Steve Nash, you know, one of the greatest point guards to play the game was not in the top 10 in that class. <laughs> so And Kobe. And, and Kobe, who was 13. I think he's 13 in that class. So it definitely, that I think that's why the 96 class get the props it gets is because from top to bottom of the first round, not the second round, <laughs> the first round, it was, it was an awesome class. Chris, I know you got a hard out at, at, at 225. I just want to get your opinion real quick on the direction of the Washington Wizards. We are a home team podcast, so I have to ask. <laughs> what is your what are your thoughts on the direction of the Washington Wizards? Man, 
I mean, they've been messing up for so long. And for me to have, you know, hosted their pre and post game shows to be where I'm at because of that organization, it's hard. It's just everybody, they mess up every year with the personnel. Like Troy Brown, five for five from three point range last night. And I'll, I like, I remember before the draft, I had three players circled for the Wizards Jerome Robinson, funny, he ended up coming over here, Troy Brown, and I think it was Lonnie Walker. Like, those are the three players I wanted for the Wizards. Lonnie Walker, even post-injury, has been great in San Antonio. Um, Troy Brown, they put him in the G League his rookie year. And Jerome Robinson went to the Clippers. Obviously, he hasn't panned out, but he might. <laughs> he might get somewhere and, and also pan out. And I, I watch how they traded Otto Porter for nothing. Meanwhile, the, the Bulls went and traded him to get an all-star center in, in Bucevic. You know what I mean? They, attack, they attached some picks to it, and that's what they got out of it. I look at Kelly Oubre. They traded him for nothing. He's played. I can go down the list. So from that perspective, it's frustrating. And then I, Scott Brooks, I know he doesn't prepare enough. I know that as a fact. Um, the players are tired of it. And I look at Randy Whitman like this dude, ha he had a disciplined team. Like you're going to get rid of a guy because he's not doing enough, but the players were disciplined. Then the next guy you bring in, keep him around for years, and the players are undisciplined. I know Ted Leonsis, so it's hard to be like, hey, Ted, man, you know, his team isn't going in the right direction. But if I saw Ted tomorrow, I would say the same thing. Like, Ted, you got to get this together, man. Like, I'm rooting for you guys. So I try not to take too many shots because, again, it's, like, weird to take shots at someone and then sit in the same room as them. I always thought that was corny. But if I saw Scott Brooks today, I'd be like, dog, you failed. Like, you're awful at this. For real. Like, I, can, I don't feel like he's done a good job at all. Um, and I think that, you know, moving in a new direction will be great for this team whenever that officially comes down because it has to happen soon. I believe it'll be happening sooner than later the way they're losing games. <laughs> yeah. Chris, man, we want to get you out of here. Just let the people know where they can find you, what you got coming up next. And well, uh, I mean, I'll be on NBA TV Wednesday through Friday night, man. Make sure you check it out. Check out a show. Uh, you know, we, we, we go live for five hours at a time. So I know people like the red zone. They don't understand. We basically do that on a nightly basis. We bounce around from game to game. So, you know, if it's like a nine or 10 o'clock on Friday or Saturday night, you ain't got nothing to do, man. Flip on NBA TV as we bounce around the league, man. You might see a 50 piece. You might see a triple double, you know, something good happening. No doubt. Appreciate you, Chris. Thank you for coming on, giving us your time today. All right, get vaccinated, people. Get vaccinated. Let's get back to normal. Absolutely. All right, have a good one. Thanks, Chris. All right, cool, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you, Chris. Yep.